Welcome to Storytelling with Seth, a place where I honestly and as authentically as possible attempt to share with you stories I discover. Some of them are in the news, some of them are a bit of word of mouth or something whispered in the ear, and others are those rare opportunities where I get the chance to sit down with someone and talk to them about their story and in turn share it with you. I really hope you enjoy every story here on Storytelling with Seth, but there's really only one way I can know, and that's if you let me know. If you're using the Anchor platform to listen to this, you can go ahead and leave me a voice message, and I'd be happy to share it on this podcast. However, you can also reach out to me through email at sethsingleton at gmail.com, as well as on various social media platforms like Instagram, where I'm Seth the Writer, Twitter, where I'm at one more singleton, or on Facebook, Seth Singleton Storyteller. Please feel free to reach out on the platform you feel the most comfortable with so that I can hear what you like, what you don't like, and more importantly, so that together we can share our stories with each other. And now that I've given you an idea of what this is and what to expect, the only thing now, or the only thing left to do now, is to tell a story. Let's get started, shall we? Buongiorno, Giacomo. How do you get to the top of the Il Duomo? Hint. There is no elevator. By Seth Singleton. This is a series of posts following my wife and me on a tour of Italy. Day two continues our stay in Florence. Next up, the Il Duomo at the Basilica of St. Mary of the Flower. One should not attend even the end of the world without a good breakfast. Robert A. Heinlein I remain speechless in the presence of great words. Wholeheartedly and in good faith, my wife and I adhered to those words and finished our breakfast. Tracy chose the healthy spinach and eggs crepe, while the child in me gobbled down a waffle slathered in chocolate and banana. I ordered a double Americano for the road, and we paid and left. And now we're going to take a quick break to pay some bills with this word from our sponsor. Walking through Republica. Walking toward the Florence Cathedral, I saw a large arch looming ahead. It was the entrance to the Piazza della Repubblica. Inscribed on the arch were the following words L'antico centro della città da secolare squalore a vita nuova restituito 1895 and I apologize if my Italian is atrocious, but I can say that the claim translates to the ancient center of the city, from age-old squalor 
restored to new life. The statement and the arch are a controversial reminder that this was once the home of Roman Florence, the Jewish ghetto, and medieval or Renaissance Florence. It is the only designation that those periods ever existed. Like the modern roads and buildings that cover the evidence that the Roman Forum once stood here, this arch is the modern evidence that the past was removed when Florence began its public works improvement projects as the capital of a reunited Italy. I realized that it was noon when the church bells began to sound. The noise became a roar. The echoes tumbled through your ears and down the streets, off the walls, and reverberated like a wave against my head. Basilica of St. Mary of the Flower, the Tower, and the Dome. We continued walking, and soon we were at the Basilica of St. Mary of the Flower. The line to one of the buildings was long. Tracy had spoken with a client about our trip. When she told us about climbing to the top of the dome, and how it was one of her celebrated features, we were not only entranced by the story, we were committed to going. The line we were standing in was for the tower, but we couldn't see one for the dome, and we hoped we could take care of both by the one line. Tracy agreed to wait in line, and I said I would go for a walk around the church to see if there were any other options. I had just passed the Opera Museum when I met E. Patel with Visit Today, Italy. Once I explained what we were trying to do, he told me that I needed to be in a different line. That we had been standing in the line for the tower only. And that we would each need to purchase individual tickets because there was a limit on the number of people that could go up each day. So we might need to purchase for tomorrow or even the next day. We could also purchase a package from him directly that included a group tour headed up to the Il Duomo today, and our ticket price and package would include access to five other sites, including the tower and surrounding museums. I also learned that the David, another desired goal of ours, required planning an advanced ticket purchase, but that his group might have some spaces available for a day, depending on which we wanted. I asked him to wait for me while I brought my wife the brochure and then brought her around so she could ask any questions that I had not thought to consider. Tracy did ask a few more questions, thankfully, and then we paid and I ran to find a restroom before the two-hour tour, which was about to begin, got started. When I returned, we were each given a portable receiver that was the size of an iPod Nano. It hung around our necks on a blue ribbon, and a single earpiece went over the right ear. Our guide Giacomo was tall with glasses and a modern beard and thick brown hair. He wore maroon pants and a pinstripe shirt, and his English sounded British. He began to tell us how Florence had become one of the wealthiest nations in the area, 
if not the world. The Medici family were bankers for the church. The desire to reflect this was done through the building of great structures, and the church was a vehicle for this development. The structure began when all was well and prosperous, and the part of the church that was built during that time is very ornate and detailed. But the bubonic plague struck during the construction period, and the number of workers changed from plentiful to sparse. That period of the church's exterior showed that the numerous close-set windows and tight, ornate decoration and patterning eventually gave way to less windows and broader strokes. And now we're going to take a quick break to pay some bills with this word from our sponsor. Il Duomo. Once inside, it was evident that the interior, as Giacomo warned, was not as ornate as the exterior, but the simple structure was not without its own beauty. He then pointed out that we would begin the climb to the base of the dome. The entire climb to the top was 463 steps. We were using the staircases that originally belonged to the workers. They had not been built for a tour. They were small, narrow brick steps that twisted up and to the right. You could either hold the wrought iron handrails affixed to the wall or use the center column that the stairs twisted around to steady yourself during the climb. On the way down, the direction reversed. Because there was only one way up and down, there was always the chance that you would come across someone heading in the opposite direction and compromise would become a necessity. When we finished the first climb, we arrived at a concrete walk that followed the perimeter of the dome. Frescoes depicted Jesus, saints, the devil, and members of the church on the curved walls. Below was the floor of the church, an octagon in the center, and from its eight sides spread rectangle patterns out across the floor. Frescoes by Dome Life Looking back up, I could see the layers of the fresco reaching towards the light at the center of the dome. On the first layer was the earth, men and women, naked, walking, and lying upon the earth, wild animals attacking, an old man with wings holding the wooden frame of an hourglass, to the sides of the pits of hell opening to the earth, where men fall below to suffer the torment of a violent devil devouring sinners. Above this, four layers of clouds. On the third layer, Christ sits on a throne. Above him are rows of observers looking on. On the final layer, just beneath the opening in the dome, figures peer and lean over edges and railings. We continue our climb, moving upward and to the right. Every few feet was an opening that allowed the viewer to peer out at the city. Other times there was a glimpse at the gap between the lower dome that was built to cover the interior and the upper outer dome which twisted to join the two concentric spirals 
at their center. A final flight lifted us past the throng of visitors waiting to return to the ground from the top of the dome. Looking directly down was like staring at a cascade of red tile that spilled like a waterfall toward the city below. Holding on to the railing, we looked at the courtyards and the dome of the Cathedral de' Medici. Giacomo's job was done. He collected our receivers and earpieces and invited us to stay as long as we wanted and ask him any questions we might have. We returned back to the base of the dome's interior and then made our way back down the stairwells. When we reached the bottom, we looked back at the dome in amazement that we had ever reached the top. And now we're going to take a quick break to pay some bills with this word from our sponsor. We walked to Leon d'Oro, and Tracy decided to try out a shampoo and blowout. In 25 minutes, she emerged smiling and refreshed, her hair silky and her smile radiant. We continued to Drago Verde, where we saw the Basilica of St. Maria Novella, and the Grand Hotel Minerva, where Henry Wadsworth Longfellow translated Dante, and Henry James wrote Roderick James. A plaque dedicated to Longfellow is mounted to the outer wall of the Hotel Minerva. It proclaims Longfellow a master translator of Dante, who said, This square is a mecca for foreigners. Thank you again for listening to Storytelling with Seth. Whether you're listening on Anchor, Radio Public, Breaker, iOS, Google Play, or one of the many other platforms available, I appreciate you taking the time to listen. And if you're one of those generous supporters, thank you. If you didn't know, you can support my podcast while you're listening to this recording. Feel free to take a look for the link that says to support me. It should be a really simple little button. And if you're having any trouble, don't hesitate to reach out and let me know. And I'll make sure that I'll do my best to help. But your listening, your continued support is what makes these podcasts possible. And I couldn't do it without you. So thank you again, not only for listening, but for your generous support and for all the different platforms that you listen to Storytelling with Seth. I look forward to sharing my next story with you soon.